Welcome to the Think Like a CFO podcast, where we dig into not only what it takes to start a business, but to keep your business thriving for years to come using my signature CFO money method framework. I'm your host, Melissa Houston, and I am a CPA and business financial coach. I have over 20 years of experience in business, and it is my passion to share my knowledge of business finance and personal finance with other women. You can also follow me with my column at Forbes.com or my column with Entrepreneur.com. Jessica Morehouse is a millennial money expert, accredited financial counselor Canada, speaker, award-winning personal finance blogger, and host of the More Money podcast. Aside from being a regular guest on CTV's Mind the Gap, she is also frequently featured in major publications such as The Globe and Mail, Yahoo Finance, Market Watch, Huffington Post, Metro News, and Flair. Jessica is also the founder of the Millennial Money Meetup, a financial literacy event for young adults in Canada. Hey, Jessica, I am so happy to have you here today with us. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So most people, especially in Canada, probably don't need an intro for you because everybody knows who Jessica Morehouse is if you follow any sort of financial columns or podcasts or blogs or anything. But I would love for you to tell us, I'm not going to take your spotlight away from you. (laughs) I'd love for you to share with us a bit about what you do and what Mm. you're most known for. So I kind of got into this world of personal finance, kind of stumbled into it more like December 2011 is when I officially started my first personal finance blog. And it was really just a hobby I did on top of my day job. And just to have kind of a creative outlet and, and to also have a kind of excuse to to research and to learn more about personal finance because I didn't know anything at that point. And then I, I realized throughout the years as I continued to write and then I added a podcast and a YouTube channel and I realized, hey, I think this is actually my life's passion. I thought it was something else that I was chasing and I realized actually, no, that's not it at all. This is what makes me so happy. And I've always wanted to have a career that that made me feel fulfilled, but also allowed me to help people. And you can do that when you're teaching people about money, because a lot of the people I think out there that we think are teaching us about money are actually, you know, maybe have an ulterior motive, like they want to sell you a product, (laughs) like a mutual fund. Um, So I wanted to be someone who was relatable, also someone who didn't come from that traditional background of I went to business school or anything. I have a film degree, I have a fine arts degree, like I, I come from such a random background, and then taught myself over the years how money works and then started to take some of those traditional courses. So in um, 2018, I became an accredited financial counselor because I wanted to just hone my craft and also work with individuals one-on-one. And then I, in the fall of uh, 2020, I did the Canadian securities course. And now I'm, I'm just like, well, might as well keep on keep on doing it. So now I'm taking courses so it can become a CFP just because I actually like money that much that I'm voluntarily taking these courses. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's pretty amazing. Because I have I was mentioning to you before we hit record, but I've been following you since the early days. I remember there was one episode where you were talking about, I, I think you were thinking about things on your way to work when you were on the bus and like <laughs> stuff like that, oh, right? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> like a lot has changed, especially in the past four years years because it was four years ago, almost to the day that I quit my my corporate job, my last job. And I used to work in sales and marketing that my 
my past career for about seven or eight years. And I got to a point with my last job that I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to quit because <laughs> I'm not happy here, but should I quit and, and find another company or should I quit and do something crazy and try to, to do this kind of side hustle, uh, full time? And I realized I'm like, at the end of the day, this is what I get excited for. I get excited to finish work, to go home to work on this. So that should be your answer. And so I took a huge leap of faith, the scariest thing, because honestly, entrepreneurship or self-employment was not a thing that was ever talked about in my family. If anything, it was thought of as something risky and people that are self-employed don't make money. So it was, it was a big shock to my family. But my husband has been self-employed since I've known him. And so he was very supportive. And I'm like, well, the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out. And then I get another job. It's no big deal. But luckily, I haven't had haven't been able I haven't had to do that. So uh, things have worked out quite well. And it's really exciting just to try new things and grow this business so I can spread the word and educate more people throughout Canada. So how have you structured your business now? I really want mm-hmm. listeners to to hear about this because I personally love the way you've structured it. I've looked at your website. And like I said, I've been following you for years and stuff. So who is it that you're serving? I say really everybody, but the biggest section of my audience is women in their 20s to 40s. Oh, what's also interesting is I also have maybe 20% of my audience is male. And also I, I hit people in lots of different generations, like people that are entering retirement or retired. And you think, why would they want to listen to this girl who's 34 talk about money? But I guess I, I, I don't know. There's something that they like about how I explain things. So that's also kind of really cool that I am reaching people that I, I wouldn't have thought that I could reach. So that makes me feel really good. But in terms of how I structure my business, it's not something that I necessarily like, okay, this is the game. Like, I didn't have, no, I did not have a business plan when I started. <laughs> should have, but didn't, I didn't know. I mean, again, I do not have a formal business background. So I really just taught myself this by looking on like business oriented and marketing oriented blogs and podcasts and trying to kind of piece together all this information. And so it really started as just content creation. So that's like the blog, podcast, YouTube channel, social media platforms. And still to this day, a good portion of my, um, maybe now it's way less, but at the beginning, a good portion of my income was through brand partnerships. I get, I honestly, feel like I think I was an influencer before that was even a term because I've been doing this working with brands for I want to say maybe seven or eight years now. And there wasn't a term for it. It's more just like you're a blogger. But now influencer is a thing. And now you don't even need to have a blog or a website to be one, which is crazy. You don't even need to really create content (laughs) or like education. You don't even need to like have a message really, which is kind of crazy. So that's what it started as. And then I realized, well, I don't want to just be stuck with that. And maybe eventually I want to not do that anymore. Also, I feel like at some point, I'm probably gonna be too old for that. I, I, I don't know. There are influencers that are in their 40s. 50, so I could be wrong, but I want to expand. <laughs> I'm not quite an influencer, but. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, I look at like Kim Kardashian. I'm like, well, she's she's pushing forward. She's almost forty, and she's not stopping. So I, I don't think there's an age limit on being an influencer. So that's I, you know, maybe it always, just gets changed to thought leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to pivot a little bit and do that, but not just have all my income like that is how I make my money. Just in case something happens. I, I was at a retreat several years ago with a bunch of other women who were in the personal finance field, all from the U.S. And a lot of what we talked about is how do we recession proof our businesses? Because a lot of us did to do the influencer brand partnership stuff. And we always knew if there's another recession, we're all millennials, we all experienced one. And now we're, <laughs> we're going to experience like what we're going through now. That's probably the first thing to dry up is those advertising dollars. So how can we still make an income if that does dry up? And so since then, I've, I've really focused on, okay, well, then I became a accredited financial counselor. So I can work with people 
one-on-one and then also creating some other kind of products. Like I've got budget spreadsheets you can download on my website for, you know, a small fee or you, you know, I also launched my own, not that this is pandemic proof now that I know that, but I started my own event series in 2016 and have done one to two events every year and organize it. And that's another kind of a revenue source. I used to do a lot more freelance writing for companies. Don't do that anymore because I just generally don't love it. (laughs) So, but that is something I can tap into. So how I structured my business was kind of recession proofing myself. If something happens, not that I actually expect, I certainly didn't expect the pandemic to happen. I just expected another economic recession. I, I wanted to make sure that if something, you know, a couple of my streams of income dried up, I could tap into something else. So I wasn't totally screwed. And so far that has worked out very well. And since then I have also launched some online courses. And so that's the, the new direction I'm moving into. Yes. And please tell us about your online courses because those really interest me. So I had the idea several years ago and I, I launched my first course. It was called Investing Foundations for Canadians. I launched it, I think, two years ago. And so I had that for two years. And then I launched a second course called Fix Your Finances Masterclass. And that was really more about how to make your own kind of financial plan. And so I ran that for a year. Since closed both of those courses, because you know it's it's good just to kind of take a step back, get some feedback from your students, and do some more research to see okay, what are how could I improve them, and what are some other gaps that I want to fill? How can I make these better, bigger, and better, basically, and have a bigger reach? And so closed those down, and recently, like just last week, just launched my new and improved investing course called Wealth Building Blueprint for Canadians, and it's really about kind of part of my old course, which was teaching you the foundations of investing, but then also the secondary part is how do you actually take action and invest your money. And I follow, you know, in passive investing, I think that's a great strategy for most people. I'm a passive investor. So that's really taking a look at how do you actually either build your own and manage your own portfolio or how do you use a robo advisor and how do you build your wealth slowly? And that is fantastic information to have. I know I'm always consuming information like that. And I especially love Larry, Larry Bates book. Mm best book I ever read. So I always I always talk to my clients about that. If you're ever going to look for investing information, that is a great place to start for a book. And now I know I can refer all my Canadians to you because if you're teaching that stuff, I mean, it is so needed. And so few people I find personally, like financial advisors, actually talk about the why and the how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. They just, I don't know what your experience has been or was before you started this, but mine has always been when I go to a financial advisor, mm-hmm. it's more they're selling me the product and I don't understand a thing. So yeah. I'm putting blind faith into saying, okay, I'll yeah. just buy this because you're telling me little did I know that they're making a Crazy commission commit. off this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that was my experience in my early 20s. A lot mm-hmm. has changed since then. Mm, has it? Well, well my education <laughs> oh, level. Oh, your education. <laughs> not in terms of what advisors are doing these days. Oh, but yeah, no, that's, no, that's no. really what I kind of created the course for because I was just talking to so many people and giving presentations uh, you know, on investing and people would say, so what do I do? I don't want to be in mutual funds, but I don't know what the options are. And And still, I think the idea of using a robo-advisor or building your own index ETF portfolio seems terrifying. Like There are blogs and some YouTube channels that talk about it, but also a lot of them are from men and they just may not, they may be intimidating for someone who's like a beginner investor or someone who just, yeah, doesn't really have that kind of financial literacy. And so I really want to close that gap and also, you know, explain things from like a a woman's perspective who, who really did go from a place of not knowing anything about investing, being in 
embarrassed to talk about it because I didn't want someone to tell prove that I didn't know what I was talking about and very well in my 20s I didn't but also showing that it is possible to learn this stuff and then implement it it actually is very simple and this is how you do it it's annoyingly simple how actually it is but you do need to know some core things for it all to click into place Exactly. And I find, like for me, my clients usually come to me for business finance advice, but it's the same thing with personal finance where it's the overwhelm. It's getting through all the information because there is a ton of information out there. And if you don't know what you're looking for, it makes it extremely difficult to navigate through all that. So having somebody who can, you know, explain it to you in ways that you understand and you can learn and absorb and get that information in your head and make informed decisions. I mean, I am all for that. Mm -hmm. And also, I think even though, because I hear this sometimes, I can find this information for free. It's sure. Go ahead. But yeah, you can find anything in the world for free. It's called the internet. But also, I think what's really difficult is to sift through all of the information. And lots of the information, it's hard to dis uh, discern, is this fact or is this opinion? And so like I'm in a ton of different Facebook groups that are focused on investing. And I go on Reddit just to see what people are talking about. And if you're just going in blind, it can be really terrifying. And you may get some bad advice, especially if you're trying to get advice from strangers on the internet. And so someone who has really been in this kind of world for almost a decade and has gone through it personally and now is like has done some traditional coursework so I know what I'm talking about. I really want to be that voice and also create a course that people can feel good and trust because it is this. I built it. It's me. My reputation is on the line. So I'm not going to rip you off because that would literally kill my career because my whole I'm an influencer. So if my reputation is gone, then I have no business. But I also kind of wanted to create this to protect people because there's a lot of people out there selling this ridiculous dream of getting rich quick still. They have maybe better ways to say it, but it's all about here's these top like I, I followed a bunch of YouTubers and it's how you get clicks and how you get views is by talking about the hottest stocks or hottest ETFs where I just sometimes I'm like, I feel like this isn't really the information people need to know or this isn't actually helpful. <laughs> Oh, absolutely not. I mean, these get rich quick schemes, they're just nonsense because really it's possible to get rich, but it's mm -hmm. not possible to get rich quick on the these. people who do. It's sometimes luck or, or there's some other elements that they're not sharing. You know, yeah, exactly. Like already had a good nest egg to begin with, or they yeah bought Tesla stock a while ago and just held on to it, and they were lucky. It's not like sometimes it is you know, strategy, and sometimes they are good what they do. But the amount of people who are you know very successful active traders, there's not a lot of them, <laughs> and they've also had a lot of losses that they probably don't share. exactly that they don't talk about. They don't reveal those. They, yeah. It's always the good stuff. So if somebody's telling you, oh, you know, buy my course for a thousand dollars, and you're going to make a hundred times over that investment and stuff. It's just not true. I'm like, you can't guarantee that. No one can guarantee any future returns. Like, absolutely. So yeah, when I do my call, so so in order to get into the course, you have to have a call with me because I also want to make sure, is this the right fit for you? And I usually tell people, I'm like, listen, this is a boring investing course. Like, I'm going to teach you how investing works and I'm going to show you how passive investing, how you can implement that. But the only way to really, like, it's going to be a bit boring because you're going to have to implement it and then sit and wait. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's it's not going to happen overnight. If you're expecting a crazy return in six months, this isn't the. Exactly. This isn't the <laughs> I, I always try to tell people, no, money is exciting. 
Because like mm. money is exciting, is. but waiting patiently for that money to show its return is, is, can be frustrating. Absolutely. Yeah. It is very much like slow and steady wins the race. That is oh, how I <laughs> my life. And it's like, now I think I understand that parable a little bit more. I think that's, they were talking about investing. <laughs> yeah. So when a client comes to you, what are they typically coming to you for help? Well, well, a couple of things. Um, some people, I mean, a lot of it, quite honestly, is uh, it's due to financial confidence or lack thereof. And I think this is also a thing I see predominantly with women. I have a little questionnaire that I, I share with my, you know, if you want to work with me one on one, um, is you know, how does money make you feel? And the question or the answer I get overwhelmingly is, I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. So we, I think, second guess ourselves and don't think we know as much as we know. And I don't know if that is there's so many elements. That could be why I think a lot of it is society or just as us being women in, in finance or investing or even just money management. I think we just weren't part of the conversation for so long. So we feel like we're kind of entering the room. Is this the right room? Like, am I lost? Is it, am I allowed to be here? And so we kind of second guess ourselves and I'm trying to shift that because I used to feel the exact same way. I felt like a total idiot. Sometimes I'd be at a conference and I knew exact, I knew what they were talking about, but I'd be quiet because I was afraid of saying something and then be like, no, you're wrong. But I knew I wasn't. <laughs> and most of the time, yes. someone, most of the time you're listening to them and you're like, they're wrong. I can explain it way better than they just did. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's really getting rid of this idea that money is scary. Money is complicated. It really is as simple as you think. You just need basic math, quite honestly. And just to understand how the, the rules of the Canadian financial services industry kind of works and also like the intentions of people. So for me, like my kind of goal is creating these different courses. But then also I'm, I'm very much a promoter of like, if you need an accountant, work with an accountant. If you need a fee-only financial planner, work with a fee-only financial planner. I'm very much like, please don't work with someone who is also going to sell you a financial product that isn't like me, educate just education or information. If they're, you know, that's why I'm, I, I mean, and, and I say this because I had those personal experiences working with an advisor at a bank and looking back, I'm like, I really do feel like they took advantage of our lack of financial literacy because I remember asking and this and at the time I had a blog and I was trying to learn more about investing I remember asking our advisor at the time, can you explain what we're investing in? And all he would talk about is, if this isn't the right product for you, there's another product. Here's another mutual. He just tried to sell us a different product. I'm like, you're not explaining. I don't you know. And they probably what mutual fund was. I'm like, can you explain what this is? Yeah. And they probably weren't explaining it because they didn't understand it themselves. Probably. People assume that when they go to the bank, that the bank knows better than them. And that is just simply not true. Like the requirements to be a financial advisor at a bank are fairly low. It's, yeah. it, it surprised me when I first found out about that. Yeah. So in the 10 years that you've been doing this, you've come a long way yourself. Mm -hmm. But have you seen like a change or a shift in society and especially women and how we interact with our finances? Definitely. And all for the better. Because honestly, when I look back to me, and I think it was 23 or 24, when I, uh, you know, first picked up my first personal finance book and started educating myself on and then even going on the internet. And man, the internet has changed so much since 10 years ago, it was impossible. To find, like anything. But I remember what I saw in terms of like, content. It was women would only talk about debt and budgeting and men talked about investing. Because I was a woman, I was very much into the budgeting and debt scene. Investing didn't seem like it was something that 
I was allowed to even be part of because I'm like, oh, it seems like a club that I'm not invited to. I think I've seen a big shift and more women talking about investing, more men maybe making the shift to just talking about budgeting and debt. So there is a little bit more freedom, I think, uh, now and, and progression, which is so nice because I didn't really like how things were siloed. And there's, I feel like slowly too, a lot more diversity in terms of like just who the voices are. So that's really exciting to see because I think also uh, predominantly, you know, it's white people talking about money, whether it's a white, old white man in a suit or a white woman. That's who we see on TV. And those are people people writing the books. Luckily, I see there's a big change because everyone should be able to find a voice that is a reflection of themselves and their their background, their circumstances. So that is really exciting to see in, in the past few years. There's still definitely room to grow um, in, in all areas. but And also, I'd say in terms of what like the different financial products out there, it's really exciting to see the evolution of that as well. I mean, I remember in my 20s, ING Direct launched to have those commercials. I still remember. It's like the first online bank in Canada. And I remember the time people were terrified. They're like, oh, no, this is so sketchy. Don't put your money. Yeah, that's how you lose your money. Um, well, you know, ING Direct is Tangerine and it has been around for a very long time. And now there's so, so many other online banks. And I think we're shifting our idea of what does banking mean? Online banks doesn't mean more risky or less safe than a big bank. Actually, they may offer some great features that aren't offered by a traditional bank. So there's a lot more, I think, options now, which I think is really exciting. Yeah, definitely a lot of ways to save your money with online banking. Now, as far as investing goes, and especially with the online platforms like Quest Trade and stuff too, have you seen a big difference in people's behaviors around it? Oh yeah, because similar to the online banks, oh no, don't don't do that. I feel like maybe four years ago, even that soon, people were still like, oh, RoboAdvisor. No, those are going to collapse. Once there's another economic recession, I would not put my money in that. I don't trust that. Now they've been around for a while. And people like myself, I use one and it's been great, actually. It's actually been really great in terms of communication. I found during these ups and downs, because a lot of them, because they're an online platform and they understand just like online communication more, they're really good at like sending you an email or a text message to be like, hey, we know something's going crazy in the market. Don't panic. Or if you need to speak with someone click this button and speak to a professional or something like that. Whereas I have never when like when I did have, you know, back in the day, my mutual funds at one of the traditional banks, no one ever contacted me when there was the ups and downs. So I just had to be like, Oh, I hope everything's fine. Like you always kind of expect someone's going to give you a call being like, Hey, Jessica, this is your advisor. No, never once did I get a call until they're like, Oh, we have a new product that we want to sell you or something. They want to get you in the office and sell you something. So it's really cool to see again, the more options, uh, in terms of like you know, investing. So not only can you use all these different, there's so many different robo advisors out there in Canada, which is exciting. So you have you know, lots of things to consider, but also discount brokerages, like all the big banks have them, but then there's also independent ones like Questrade, Wealthsimple has their Wealthsimple trade. There's a lot more innovation. I think we're really, because we are honestly so far behind compared to the US. I think this just means we're really just at the beginning of it. And so it'll be exciting to see what happens in the next five, 10 years. Yeah, for sure. You have a very good point there. So if there's anything that you would want listeners to take away from this conversation today, what would be the most important piece of advice you think that they should hear? One thing I, I tell a lot of people, especially people who come through like, oh, I need to fix my financial situation, but I have no idea what to do. And I look at other people and they're so much further ahead than me. I always like to tell them, well, your present does not determine 
your future. Because if it did, I would not be where I am right now. Because I literally, you know, graduated in 2009, not a great time to graduate with a film degree, super unemployable. I was unemployed for a year. And then when I got my first job, it was something, nothing related. It was in sales for a newspaper, it had nothing to do with anything. And it was this crazy low set. Like it, what, if I thought, okay, well, this is where I'm starting out and this is my life now, I wouldn't have tried to even reach bigger, you know, peaks and, and stuff like that. And so I really want to say it just because right now may not be your ideal situation. And I'm sure lots of people can feel like that in the pandemic. A lot of people are hurting and suffering right now. That doesn't mean that your future won't be brighter. Like for me, I, Never thought I'd be where I am today in my career, in my financial situation, like my net worth. Again, like I had a thousand dollars when I was 24. Uh, how much money I had in my bank account to live off of. And it really just came to being patient, being smart with your money, really kind of listening to some of those like traditional pieces of advice we all hear. They're like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Live on less, <laughs> you know, spend less than frugality is great. Low fees, try to invest in low fee products because that's more money in your pocket. Have a budget, track your spending and your net worth, get organized, work with a professional if you need some extra guidance, read books, educate yourself because no, you can't wait around for someone to teach you this. I hear a lot of people being, oh, we never learned this in school. Yeah. And they're still not really teaching it in school. And you're also an adult and you're not in school anymore. So the only thing you can do to broaden your financial literacy is to pick up a book, listen to a podcast, read a blog, read the financial news, and just kind of get started and then realize this is, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. These things will take time. But over time, you'll realize, oh, wow, I know so much more now. And I'm in such a better position now than I was. I love that. That's perfect advice. And it's never too late to change. Never too late. Yeah. No, never, never too late. Like, obviously, I think a lot of the advice we hear, especially with investing, is like, invest as soon as you can. I'm like, yeah, if I can go back in time and start investing at like 19 or something, but I didn't. I made a lot of mistakes in my 20s. So it doesn't matter. Again, like your present situation does not determine your future. So the, the best thing, though, you can do is realize that and then take action as soon as possible. Awesome. I love that. So if listeners want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Sure. Well, um, you can find me at jessicamorehouse.com. You can also uh, follow me on Instagram uh, at Jessica I. Morehouse and on Twitter. It's J-E-S-S-I underscore Morehouse. Awesome. And the name of your podcast? More Money Podcast. So you can find mm-hmm. me on every podcast platform available. And I'm going to have all those links in the show notes. So I cannot thank you enough for coming on this show and talking to us about money today. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Think Like a CFO podcast with Melissa Houston, CPA. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. Until next time, I'm Melissa Houston. And remember, nobody will ever care about your business as much as you do. So never give your financial power away.